The Good Samaritan. It's a pretty familiar story, and I would guess that all of us have heard it before. When I asked Reverend Patty if we could just skip the sermon today, she said, No, Josh, perhaps it's a chance for you to go a little bit deeper with it. The moral of the Good Samaritan story is often understood in three parts. Be nice, especially to those who have experienced misfortune, and do it even if you don't really like them all that much. That's the moral of loving your neighbor. When we understand that the neighbor story is the Good Samaritan extending care and pitying the man fallen and beaten on the side of the road. But that's not how the gospel ends, is it? Jesus has asked this question, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus tells this whole story, classic Jesus move, asks a direct question, instead tells this whole story, and then ends the story asking the audience the exact question, that prompted this story in the first place. Who was the neighbor? And what's the answer at the end of the gospel? The neighbor is the good Samaritan. So when Jesus commands us to love our neighbor, Jesus is saying, love the good Samaritan. That puts us in the place of the man who's been beaten up and left on the side of the road. That's who we are. That's who Jesus is speaking to. That's who Jesus is telling to love their neighbor. This reframes the parable a little bit, doesn't it? And I want to spend some time looking at the story from this perspective, because when we see ourselves as the beaten man, the parable goes a little bit deeper. When we see ourselves as the beaten man, the parable is Jesus' way of challenging us to our very core. When we see ourselves as the beaten man, Jesus is inviting us to a way of seeing and living life that becomes a much more faith-filled, deeper, and connected way of living. By placing us as the one in need of aid, Jesus is inviting us to ask ourselves two very challenging, deep questions. How am I hurt? How do I hate? Most of us don't want to admit to either one of those things, do we? If we were asked directly, we'd say, I'm fine, and I don't hate anyone. Our society and culture have trained us to answer in this way. We have to be fine or good, some kind of even-keeled, level, politeness way of being. And we can't hate because neither is that polite. The polite way of saying it is we just don't have anything to do with them. We don't hate them. We just keep our distance. That's how we've been trained to express these two things and answer these questions. But Jesus in today's gospel is inviting us to confront both our hurt and our hate. Now, Jesus doesn't just tell us this directly. He doesn't come straight out and say, 
Holding on to your hatred and ignoring your woundedness will keep you from experiencing God's love. Jesus can't be that direct. We need a little bit softer, a little bit subtle entrance into this deep reflection. Jesus knows that we need a little light touch. So Jesus tells this parable of the good Samaritan that puts us in the place of the beaten man. When Jesus starts the parable, his audience most likely identifies with the man. A man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. They've probably made this trek themselves. They know that it's a steep downward climb with lots of twists and turns, and they've probably made it, and they remember that feeling of being unnerved, feeling, I might get robbed here. Jesus' storytelling invites them to think about the ways that they feel vulnerable in this life. And then Jesus continues the story and says, the man got robbed. And the people hearing the story of like, well, of course he did. It was inevitable. We know what this path is like. Jesus is inviting them to think about the ways that they have felt robbed, the ways they have felt beaten up by this life, the ways and times they have felt left for dead. Then Jesus describes how a priest passes by, and then a Levite passes by. Now, some commentators might say this is Jesus' critique of religious authorities. And indeed, throughout Jesus' ministry, he's very open with his rebuke of religious and political authorities who exploited God's people. But here, Jesus doesn't offer such commentary. He simply says they saw him and they moved on. He draws the focus back to the man who experiences the passing by as abandonment, as helplessness. He invites the crowd to identify with the beaten man even further and to think about the ways that they have felt abandoned and looked over, how they saw hope coming down the road and hope seemed to pass them by. Jesus is leading them and us into this place of recognizing how we are very vulnerable, abandoned, helpless. And then Jesus throws in quite the curveball. The next beat of the story is a Samaritan. The Jewish people and the Samaritans famously did not get along. And this was the most surprising of turn based on the rhetoric of the times. They would never suspect that the next beat of the story involves the Samaritan. It's a shocking shift, especially when Jesus had just led them into this place of thinking about how they feel vulnerable and hopeless. Now they're confronted with this hatred that they have for the Samaritans that's deep-seated centuries building. They have to realize that there is a dissonance in between these two emotions of feeling helpless, but then also feeling hate. What are they going to do with that hate? They have no energy left for it. They realize that their dependence is upon this person, and the hate has to be confronted. And most of us don't want to admit that we hate We think of hate as this active, seething rage against something or someone. But hate also takes the form of creating separation, difference, and division from others. We think they have nothing to do with us, nothing to offer us. 
And that's hate. Because that's saying that God is not in that person. If we believed God was in that person, then we would instantly realize that that person has everything to do with us. We would run to them. But when we say we have nothing to do with them, when they have nothing to offer us, that's hate because it's denying that person God's image in them. Through this parable, Jesus challenges us to rethink our ideas that separate us and cause division among us. And just when things couldn't get any more shocking or ludicrous in this story, Jesus throws the next curveball that it is the Samaritan who stops and offers aid. It's the Samaritan who's the agent of God's love in this story. Jesus has skimmed over all the exciting dramatic bits of a big robbery and of the priest and the Levite, all that commentary Jesus could have offered. He just skims over But right at this point when the Samaritan is offering care, the whole gospel seems to slow down. And Jesus begins to describe the way that the Samaritan takes out oils and bandages the wounds and hoists, hefts the man up onto his donkey to take him to the innkeeper. Perhaps Jesus spends so much time describing these acts because Jesus identifies himself as the Samaritan and wants us to see the Samaritan as Jesus as well. The Samaritans were despised, but so was Jesus. We remember from Isaiah, or maybe we remember from the Messiah, that he was despised. He was a man of constant sorrow, well acquainted with grief. Jesus identifies with this despised Samaritan, a stranger on the road who comes to encounter us, having to cross our own barriers that we've created, that we've put up, blocking ourselves from God's love. In this long, dedicated description of the Samaritan's care is really about how God loves us, the tenderness with which God kneels down towards us, tends to our wounds, cares for us, brings us to a place of safety, healing, and restoration. That's how God loves. It's a physical, embodied love. There's a painting by Van Gogh of the Good Samaritan, and it draws out this point. It's very interesting. Most paintings of the Good Samaritan story have the Samaritan laying horizontal on the ground, and the Good Samaritan is standing over them, reaching down, extending mercy. But Van Gogh flips the script, and we simply see the Good Samaritan from his back, And the moment of the story where he's lifting up the body and we get a sense of that exertion, the weight of the body that the Good Samaritan must put in great effort to lift and hoist them on to the donkey. It draws us in to this image of God that loves us in the grit and the grime and gets down into the pit and puts in the elbow grease to help us and care for us. The Samaritan's care as the embodiment of Christ's love for the half-beaten man and for us. 
through this parable, Jesus urges us to keep watch because we will encounter Jesus in the least likely of places and the least likely of faces. If you are feeling vulnerable, hurt, abandoned, let Jesus come for you care for you. Meditate on that image of Christ as the Samaritan down in the grit and the grime, meeting you in the ditch you've been left in and hefting you on to the donkey. Thank God the hope that you thought had passed you by is now here and it's Jesus and that's way better than any priest or Levite who comes along the road. If you are feeling stuck in hatred, if you are coming to terms with things and ideas and perspectives, lessons you have learned that cause division, that keep you from seeing God and others, ponder anew what God can do. Trust that God is waiting for you and will show up for you when you move aside your hate, when you abandon limiting ideas and false perspectives about others, you will find God there already present dwelling and loving right within the very thing that you thought you hated. When we hear this parable and put ourselves in the place of the beaten man, we come out with a different moral, a different life lesson. Jesus tends to our deepest wounds. Jesus challenges our divisive views. Jesus shows up for us in the least likely of places and the least likely of faces. Go and do likewise. Amen.